Hello and welcome back to Top 5 Disco. I'm Josh. I'm Adam. It's feeling really good to be back in the studio here with my brother across from me. Excited to go deep into another discography. For all you new listeners out there, just to reiterate what we do here, we're going to go through an artist's discography album by album, talk about the history, the music, the lyrics, production, etc. At the end of each album, we will rank our individual top five of each record, our top five songs. What's kind of fun is that we're going into this, I don't know Adam's list, he doesn't know mine, so it's going to sort of be a fun uh, surprise for each of us and hopefully you out there, um, what we pick, what we don't pick, what we disagree on, what we agree on, etc., so earlier in our podcast, we've covered Coldplay, a big radio pop rock band, and then afterwards, Motion City Soundtrack, kind of a more obscure pop punk uh, rock leaning band. We're going to do something completely different uh, this time. Um, we're going to be covering the artist and band Brandy Carlisle. And it's, it's interesting to actually uh, explain the difference between the artist and the band because Brandy Carlisle, Carlisle excuse me, herself is the front woman, the lead singer, but Brandy Carlisle, the band is really Brandy Carlisle and then the Hanseroth twins, Phil and Tim Hanseroth, who are identical twins, who write all the songs with her. They split everything equally. They all write, like Tim will write one song, Phil will write another, Brandy will write one. Some of them will write some together. It's this very collaborative process, which I love. I actually- Yeah, me too. Getting into this- I think I was almost like, oh, that's going to be like cool to do Brandy Carlisle, but it's just singer, like, songwriter. yeah, it's just one yeah. singer, but no, it's a band. It's still a band. Granted, I say that, I'm sure we're going to do <laughs> a singer songwriter who doesn't have a full band right. behind him or her in the future, but there's something really cool about that collaborative process. And so it's kind of important going forward in all of this to know that when we talk about Brandy Carlisle as a unit, it's Brandy, Tim, right. and Phil. Right. Get it out of your head. The misnomer is that it's just her. Brandy Carlisle is the three of them who all write, like Adam said, together. Yes. And who all perform together. Phil plays the bass. Mm -hmm. uh, Tim plays guitar. And Brandy sings lead. They also sing. The two twins sing backup. Beautiful voices. Essential to the yes. sound and all the songs really on here, which we'll get into. Right. Um, another cool thing uh, before we go further about Brandy Carlisle, uh, the band, is what's a little different about this episode is that whereas Coldplay and Motion City Soundtrack, Adam and I both sort of grew up knowing and loving, uh, whether separately or talking about it, these bands for years, decade, a decade or two. Um, Brandy Carlisle is a, an artist that I've loved for 10 years plus, but Adam didn't really have much exposure to. So we went into this podcast being like, oh, what, what is this going to be like? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I guess I can already, we'll start talking about how we got into how uh, the artist, the band. Uh, for me, you basically sent me the song Dreams off of uh, I was wondering her, which song their I yeah. third record. I, after everything I just said, I'm probably still going to say her record, <laughs> yeah. but you should still keep in mind right. that it's the three of them. But you gave me the song Dreams, um, and that was definitely a banger, and I liked that a lot. And then you gave me the song Turpentine. Did I? Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> a couple years after that. And that was it. That's all I had for years. Um, and so when so, I played for you, you were like, oh, it's pretty good, but never really caught your attention enough to deep dive? Or? Yeah, I guess so. I'd say that, yes. Um, but then a few months ago, I mean, literally, I've been just consuming Brandy Carlisle for the last three months. Almost... Entirely. Like it, I listen to music in a very strange way. It's hard for me, especially when I'm deep diving into an artist to listen to other things that are coming out. It's, it, I feel like that just kind of clutters my mind. And especially when I'm trying to analyze 
a band like that. So, so you've been nothing but Brandy Carlisle for it's been three months. But Brandy, so, so I definitely know these songs very well. And yet still, what's going to be interesting is that I still feel very unsure about some of my lists mm-hmm. because you haven't lived with these albums exactly. for 10 years. Right? I think that time really does help yeah. uh, to shape your opinion of things. Yeah. We could do this podcast again in 10 years with you having 10 years with her and sort of have completely different exactly. lists, completely different Certain opinions. albums might be higher on my list, exactly. certain songs. I will say though, and I mentioned Adam when I were listening in the car together and sort of singing along, um, I've known her for 10 years. Adam already knows more lyrics than I do. He, he can sing them along better. I'm just not really as, uh, I mean, we talked in earlier episodes about how lyrics are come second to me, but it's not even that. I think I just love and consume so much music that I cannot keep all the lyrics in my head. Yeah. But anyway, Adam has been nothing but Brandy Carlisle for three months. I've been Brandy Carlisle for, for 10 years or so. So it'll be kind of an interesting, uh, a uh, place to see where we're at. Cause I, I know nothing. Here's the thing is that like, I know nothing about what songs Adam is loving or, or what's resonating yeah, with which him. Which I'm excited about. Not. And I actually, I truly believe from the little bits that we've talked about. And so also Adam, at, we saw her live right. uh, last month, two months ago, what, what yeah. have you at uh, the Beacon Theater in New York. And we, it was a fun experience because we were excitedly seeing this band together, but we didn't want to talk too much about what we saw, what we loved, what we didn't love. Why didn't she play that song? Because we wanted to save it for the podcast. I don't know Adam's favorites at all. Exactly. And then again, going back to what I was saying before, the fact that I've been listening to all the albums in a row, all of her songs are sort of jumbled in my head. So it's, it's been, I'm not going to say it's harder for me. It's just been interesting to see that I feel like, you know, her first album came out in 2005. So when someone who's gotten into Brandy Carlisle in 2005 now listens to those songs, it's, it's different than me just hearing everything together and seeing the whole spectrum just over the course of You could of three also months. say it eliminates some bias though, whereas a lot of people sure. will come into yes. you know, our last podcast, I Am The Movie, um, or uh, our last podcast, Motion City Soundtrack, we both tended to favor the first album way heavier than the rest of the records. And while you could say, oh, it's because it's a better album, we like the production or the songwriting better, it also could just be that was the first album we were exposed to and loved for the longest time. Right. Whereas here, You've had them all at once. And so you can sort of more, um, with a better discerning ear, figure out what you prefer and what you like versus just having heard uh, the self-titled and the story over and over in your head for 10 exactly. years. So it should be interesting. Yeah. All right, let's go right into it. Um, let's get a little history. Oh, before we do that, I just want to say how I got into Brandy Carlisle. Yes, please. So uh, in college, um, my good friend, Natalie, uh, we were in her dorm room. I think she was studying for the Beatles class, which is so jealous. I had always wanted to take a class in the Beatles. So anyway, Natalie and I were in her dorm listening to the Beatles, just hanging out. And I think she just all of a sudden was like, Hey, you should listen to this. And she puts on give up the ghost, which was the third album of Ah. Brandy's and the album that had just come out at the time. So she put it on and I'm like hearing dying day and Caroline and all these things. And I just fell in love. I really, um, immediately was taken by this artist. And again, at that time, only three albums were out. So Give Up the Ghost was the newest album at the time. I sort of fell in love with her, went backwards from there to the self-titled and the story. And then I think um, either that summer or a year or two after, I went to see her live with my friend Natalie and my friend Alex in Morristown, New Jersey. And the concert was unbelievable. Like it truly transcended so many concerts that I've seen her her vo- her voice we we haven't we haven't gotten anywhere in this podcast yet but but i think one of the most important and most impressive and most special things about this band is brandy carlisle's voice yeah. it is 
without a doubt, I really She's think- She's one of the best voices in music. Yeah, I, I think she is the best voice. It's so versatile. Yeah, incredible range, incredible uh, power, control. She has so much control over yeah. it. We'll, we'll, we will talk about that <laughs> in, in future albums and stuff, but it's, it's interesting to hear her sing a certain way on record and she's able to replicate it live perfectly. Which in one sense, actually, I'll already say, is like sometimes you think things are happening on record and you're like, oh, that was like a cool just thing that happened in the studio one day. But you but she's able to recreate it almost. Right. It's she really uses her voice as it's an incredible instrument. Yeah. She's really. truly incredible. And so I, I like I said, I saw her that one time in New Jersey, probably uh twenty ten or twenty eleven, right before Bear Creek came out. And then I saw her in twenty fifteen. South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin. One of, if not the best concert I've ever been to wow. was a Brandy Carlisle show in Austin. She played in a church and it was during the pin drop tour, which we'll discuss later in the podcast, where they essentially played with no microphones, no amplification of any kind. It was just her, the twins, their voices, the acoustic instruments. I mean, there was cello there as well, but it was just so special just just to hear music in its purest form it it changed everything like i cannot go to concerts the same way anymore yeah, i'm looking so jealous. looking I, for an experience like that right after getting into brandy for the last few months i just wish that i had gotten into her earlier yeah. on so i could have i could have yeah. maybe she'll do one of those again maybe i've seen her a couple more times but anyway let's just get started into brandy uh she's born in 81 in ravensdale washington right outside of seattle her mother was a country singer, taught her to sing. She was starting to sing country songs at a very young age. Yeah, she was the background singer in an Elvis cover band right, at I one point. That. That's crazy. Started learning and playing guitar, piano, what have you. She dropped out of high school to pursue her music career. So clearly was incredibly passionate about this. Um, the way the sort of band came together was Tim and Phil Hansroth, or as known as the Twins, were sort of big in the Seattle rock club scene already. Right, they were in the Fighting Machinists. Exactly, this, this band whose music I don't really know, but essentially uh, Brandy had been sort of following them around. Uh, at the concert Adam and I went to, she sort of told the story of sort of, you know, gazing at these guys and like, I want them in my band. Yeah. I want my sisters to marry those boys. I want to be part of them. Um, and at the same time, I think the twins were realizing oh, they wanted to be a little less of like these this rock band and more of songwriters. Right. And she wanted almost the opposite. She was coming from a very like more folksy background and she wanted to get a little more edgy. And right. so the, the two kind of met in the middle. Met perfectly. And right. also there was this story about how she wanted them to sing so badly with her and like in her basement and whatnot. So she said that she sold like everything she had, like musical equipment wise, just to buy these two mics. Oh, that's right. For the oh, two of them to so sing next awesome. to her. And it was like, and from the get go, they always loved that sort of Crosby, Stills, Nash, three part, part harmony. harmony. Um, sound. And that has continued with them from album to album. I mean, it definitely gets heavier and heavier, I think, as the albums progress, but it's just, it's so beautiful. And it's so beautiful. Know. I love and their I, history. And, yeah. And I would say that that three-part harmony sound is so essential to what, in my mind, still sets them apart, even within the Americana country rock. We didn't even really say um, the reason why Brady Carlisle is a little more different is because this is our first foray into country music, Americana, yeah, folk. folksiness. She sort of is a great blender of all those genres. Um, you know, Adam and I have talked and joked before about people who love all music except country. Um, I think that's sort of a, a thing with a lot of music fans. And I, I'm, I'm really hoping that this artist in general can help people 
bridge that gap because I feel like Brandy Carlisle, her and her band are so great at blending country with with uh, blues and rock and yes. folk and Americana to a way that makes it more palatable for, for sure. someone who doesn't really know country that well or doesn't really appreciate it. For me, Brady Carla was my, or maybe Counting Crows even a little bit, yep. sort of a bridge into the world of country and Americana. Um, anyway, the twins got a demo of hers and was instantly like, yeah, we, we, we want to do this. They hit it off immediately. Like Adam had mentioned earlier, they decided very early on that they would equally share all songwriting equity, um, whether Phil wrote a song, Tim wrote a song, they wrote it together, Brandy wrote one, Brandy wrote one with each twin or, or separately. They yeah. sort of had this very interesting collaboration where I don't really know how it works. They just decide while they're hanging out one day, hey, I want to write a song with you. I want a song with you. Or I come with this yeah, song. Yeah, or right, someone just comes in with a song. And I don't know. I mean, she was mentioning uh, Josh and I last night were just watching a bunch of documentaries um, and videos. And she was just sort of mentioning that she did that to, you know, get the ego out of the room. And again, I mean, it it's just going back to the same thing. It's an It's a very equal partnership. She just happens to be. I think it's really smart. And she has also, yeah, like she said in interviews, the real winner is the song because it that equal equity makes it so not everyone is sort of fighting for a place in the song just to get their name on it. Right. Like if, you know, if, if Brandy and Tim are sitting and writing a song and Phil's just like, Hey, uh, I got this bridge I wanted to put in there. <laughs> they know it's because the song really needs a bridge right. as opposed to Phil just wanting to be a part of the action. And again, we're going to get to this. Uh, there's a specific song I have in mind, a few albums down the road. Um, but I think they're so interconnected. It's they're like their own family. So that some of the songs they that seem even, that way in the interviews, well, the do way you they know talk, that Phil married, yeah, her Phil, sister. Phil married her sister yeah, Tiffany. That's wild. which is amazing. So they're literally related. They're family. They're family. Um, I think they all live together in the same area or something. Yeah. So it's, it's quite beautiful. So all the songs. I mean, even if Brandy sings them and one of the other twins wrote it, like it does. It's all part of the same. Just like think of them as some sort of. Unit. Unit. Yeah, exactly. So the three of them started, or maybe with some other uh, background um, instrumentalists, started performing in the Seattle club circuit, started building up momentum. Um, Brandy and the twins sort of put out a bunch of different EPs and demos. We're not really going to cover them. Uh, a lot of them have songs that were later re-recorded for the first two albums. Right. So we'll get to the most of those songs. Um, but anyway, sort of from that buzz, uh, they got signed to Columbia Records in her first it's it's crazy. Columbia yeah. Records obviously is one of the biggest. It's a Sony imprint, one of the biggest record labels at the time, and uh, just from the strength of their live performances, the home recordings, uh, she was labeled an artist to watch by Rolling Stone, Paste, Interview, all these big magazines. We, I mean, I just can't believe it. Like, can you imagine just you know putting out all these demos and all of a sudden Columbia is like, yeah, we're, we're gonna take a chance on you. I know. I mean, she. But this is what we're saying. She has one of the best voices, if not the best voice in music. These people heard Recognized that early it. on. Yeah. And honestly, her voice has only gotten better. Yeah. As she's got, because again, she's how old when she was signed? Or very early twenties. She was. She might have been twenty two when she right. was signed. Oh I mean, the first album what came out. What are we out. doing? I know. <laughs> What are we doing with our lives? We're talking about these artists. We're, we're not actually. Exactly. <laughs> we're making a podcast. Yeah. So anyway, the first album, let's get right into the album. Uh, self-produced, which is really cool for the yes. most part. I think a bunch of other songs, they had uh, outside producers come in. Right. Um, but I was looking, I always do this um, when I prep for this. I like looking through the liner notes to see who they thank, just to see who's sort of involved in the process. Mm -hmm. And I read, and I saw in there that they thanked Rick Rubin. And I was like, oh, Rick Rubin? That's interesting. Why is he thanked in the in the first album. I didn't think he right, produced this. Right, because let's just flash forward. 
he produces a later album of hers. But anyway, I was reading up on it and according to Brandy, which, you know, maybe this is going to change now your whole opinion of this album. They were working with Rick Rubin in the beginning and he basically decided that this album was going to be an album of B-sides, like their lesser material and to save the best material for the second album. Isn't that wild? That's so interesting. Yeah. I really find the two albums have a very different sound. They do. But it's not even just from an A-side, B-side kind of thing. It really just... Yeah. So, But, they, but they, they, they basically different. agreed. So they saved... So like a lot of the material on the story was in those early EPs and just gotcha. like the first album. I can kind of see that. The, the two of the albums... I, obviously, I'm kind of going back on exactly what I just said. But the two albums still do have a similar sound, especially in like the Rocky tunes. Right. There are a bunch of songs that... On the story, I'm like, this would have fit better on exactly. the first album. Right. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really interesting. So Rick Rubin sort of, not as in a producer role, but I think as soon as they were signed to Columbia, I think, I don't know if it was at the time, Rick Rubin was like the co-president of Columbia. He was definitely involved hmm. in the record label. And so I think they, he sort of helped them sort out, all right, this will be your first foray into the industry, but then let's save the best songs for your what we're going to make your breakthrough album, which is a very interesting sort of calculated way of doing that it. That is how it worked. I don't know. <laughs> that is actually how it happened. Yeah, it's wild. Um, so anyway, let's go straight into the album. Um, it's called Brandy Carlisle, self-titled, uh, July 12th, 2005. This comes out, um, recorded at Soundhouse Studios in Seattle itself. So sort of a homegrown album. Um, again, we've talked about the main three members of the band, but, um, it's sort of every album, they've got a different drummer, which I always yeah. find interesting. They can't keep the drummer for some reason. Um, they worked with a bunch of different drummers on this album, um, did you look these guys up? I didn't actually. Okay, so they worked with some guy named Jason, Maybell, Joey, Hannah, but then a couple of interesting ones. Mark Pickerel from Screaming Trees. He he recorded early demos with Nirvana before they were a band. I was going to say, Screaming Trees must be Seattle as well, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, Brandy right. sort of was born right. in They're this post-grunge exactly. era. Um, and then Brian MacLeod, or McLeod, it's the drummer on the Office theme song. <laughs> that's, a random that's random piece of trivia anyway um i want to get right into uh what we think about this album the only other thing i'll say is that this album peaked on number 80 the billboard charts which for a first album pretty good yeah um and was number one for u.s folk albums um it got her headlining tours um, but also support tours for ray lamontaine the fray uh, Tori Amos, sort of big, big bands. Uh, so they were sort of starting, it clearly was sort of a promotional uh, push from Columbia to sort of get her into sort of the mainstream audience. Yeah. Um, and I think it helped because we'll get into the story obviously next, but let's go uh, into this album. Yeah. What do you think about this album? I like it. I like it. Uh, it sounds so early 2000s. Of its time. I know, yeah. and which, which I actually love. There's something yeah. very nostalgic about that for me. Um, I think it actually is a great blend of exactly what we were talking about, how the twins and Brandy kind of evened each other out. Um, it's got some really hard rocking numbers and it's got some nice folk numbers. There's like one singer songwriter track, mm -hmm. um, but there's always an influence. You can hear the influences that both of them came from, which I like a lot. It definitely showcases her voice a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it like... She's, she's brilliant. I, I didn't find, I don't find the orchestrations As to brilliant. be that brilliant, mm -hmm. but I find her to be brilliant. I think a lot of the guitar work is pretty fantastic on this record. You, you don't agree? Uh, <laughs> okay. Fantastic. It's maybe I think there's some great way. finger picking uh, riffs. Okay, fair enough. Here's what you said influences. I don't know if you picked up on this, but the biggest influence I have found in this album, an unlikely influence is Radiohead. 
Yes, I hear Radiohead. I 100% have. I hear Tom I York all over this it's album. Funny, I don't hear Tom York. I just hear in the chords. Interesting. In, so I'm yes. picking up from the way she bends her voice. It's like this very Tom York, especially, speaking of bending, especially the bends, sort of the earlier Radiohead yeah. records. I hear it so much. And you know what's interesting? It's funny. That's like throughout all of my notes on this, I yeah. talk about Radiohead so we can- That's great. I, I only, actually, it's funny. I only really hear it on the first two albums. Mm-hmm. I think then she started to incorporate some no, more country and Americana yes, for sure. t- types of vocal uh, ways of singing. Yes. But on the first two albums, yeah. I just can't stop I'm really stop glad that, that you heard that as well. Yeah, it's it really very, cool. It was very But you know what's funny? Me. In, the, in the, the booklet of the album- in one of the pictures, she's wearing a Muse shirt. So she huh. clearly loves that sort of alt-rock, yes. um, you know, st- stadium-y, but yeah. British. I mean, again, I like it's very hard to find the first few EPs, or at least some of the EPs that she did with the Hanseroths. Like, right. I'm not sure if some of the earlier ones were just her without them. But I, I heard like a couple snippets here and there. And it is a lot more, it's much less folky. It is a lot more just kind of alternative, rocky. Right. Doesn't sound as good. Yeah, but, and, and actually, speaking of Radiohead, later on in her career, not that later, but she covers Creep. I mean, it's sort of right. obvious. It's always fun to watch a band cover certain artists because you can sort of see where their influence comes from, which bands they choose to cover. Um, it's really interesting. Right. All Let's right. Let's do it. Let's go Let's right into it. our top five. Our top five songs on Brandy Carlisle's debut album, self-titled. So my number five, and it was, the number five was going between two songs, and I'll talk about the one that it was going between. Yep, I've got didn't back make up it, to. But number five is Fall Apart Again. Okay. Interesting. My number five is Tragedy. Awesome. Wow. Really? I would have thought that would have been higher. Really? Yeah. Okay. Number four is Throw It All Away. Okay. My number four is is what can I say? Okay. Yeah. I, okay. You're upset? I'm not <laughs> we're gonna... upset. I just, I have a well, feeling is... more than any other band. We're going to have different have opinions. Different lists. We're yes. wondering why, like what you're picking. We'll get to it. Okay. Number three for me is Closer to You. Okay. My number three is Gone. Okay. Do we have completely different songs right now? So far, I yeah. think we do. My number two is Tragedy. Okay. Wow. Yes. My number two is Throw It All Away. Okay. My number one, hands down, is gone. I think I just got chills. It's the AC again. <laughs> um, my number one is happy. I knew that was going to, yeah. Because I've been singing it a lot. Well, you've been singing it a lot. And you also told me that I think that was one of the first songs you ever got into. Obviously. No, is that not true? Not true. Oh, <laughs> scratch that audience. Okay. That's, not, that's not at all true. Oh, I'm so glad Gone is your number one. That grew on me tremendously. It could have been number two for me. I can't even say it grew on me because I've been listening to yeah. all this just in, in a three-month okay. span, but that song really, that hit me. Okay. All right, let's get right into it. Your number five was Fall Apart Again. So talk about early 2000s. This song is so like, I can't tell, is it Michelle Branch? It's, it's like, it's got such a classic early 2000s It's this feel. sort of angsty, uh, rockin', moody, nobody understands me kind of number, yeah. right? Um, I love in the verse when it picks up. 
I just smile once in and a while. And that bass is just dum, rumbling. Dum, dum, yeah, dum, I love dum, that dum, steady the bass line. In. Mm. They don't often do it, so when it happens, that dun dun dun, it's very. It's, yeah. it feels good. I, I, when I'm hearing this song especially, I'm just like, I love the production on this album. Yeah, I really do. It's sort of that nice mix of acoustic and electric guitar, um, and that yeah, like I said, that that rumbling drive of that bass. Um, I think the verse melody is okay. I'm not The crazy. verse melody is best when it goes, and I sit right here yes. holding the years. Yeah, like we said earlier, she can make even her boring verse melodies interesting yeah. by her changing the octave, changing the way she's singing it. Um, again, it makes a powerful and interesting vocalist who also from verse to verse or from chorus to chorus will change little things about it. Right. And I love that she does that. I also think the chorus is just okay. This wasn't on my list because I don't find either melody that interesting. I'm so with you. This is it, it was between this and another one which we'll talk about which neither of us put on our list. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, there was something about the song as a whole that hit me maybe more than that other song cuz maybe certain parts I liked about the other song better. Um I don't know why I'm hiding that song. It, it's the song <laughs> in my own eyes. Yeah, okay. That was actually fighting for number 5. Okay. But yeah, I agree with you. There's something it's not it's not brilliant. But as a whole, it just brings me back to 2000s. And I think I liked it so much that I, I always sung that. Um, I love um, the the melody. There will always be room for your hand in mine. Maybe I, that's, I like that lyric, actually. It's it's simple, but it's it's very pretty. The lyric I love and that I picked out, uh, and the last thing about this song is just, and I think the world of myself, but the world doesn't think much of me. Something about, I think the world of myself, but the world doesn't think much of me. I, I always, in lyrics, I love that sort of that play word on play. words. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think that line sort of got me into this. All right, this is kind of like an angsty teenager yeah. kind of vibe, but no, it's a good song. I, I, don't, I don't not like it. What, what I like about this album is, maybe you disagree, I don't think there are any bad songs on this album. Like outright bad or boring. I think there are songs that are definitely stronger than others. Yeah, um, you no? put one on your list that I probably really? would call the the worst of it. But I agree with you. I think it's it's an overly, overly, an overall solid album. Yeah, I wonder what you don't like. <laughs> um, all right, let's go from uh, your number five, Fall Apart Again, to my number four, which you didn't put on your list. Uh, this is What Can I Say? That was actually the one I was talking about. That you didn't like? There, this I find to be the least interesting on the album. There's something very just kind of, it's like a drinking waltz. I find it a campfire song is what I'll call it. Like this sort of... I feel like they don't get campfire until a couple of albums <laughs> in. <laughs> I find, I don't know, I find the rollicking guitar riff has a nice bop to it. The drum has a nice shuffle. When the harmonies come in for the chorus, it's bliss. Like we just talked about that three-part harmony. I just love when it comes together so beautifully like that. It's a very easy melody, and I think I I kind of tune into, it just feels like a classic melody to me. Maybe mm. you find that not unique enough. Yeah, and I'll be honest. So you'll probably hear my opinion of Brandy throughout the podcast, but- I'd hope so. Yeah, you definitely will. <laughs> but I think a lot of the melodies and a lot of the chord structures 
aren't unique enough to me. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a thing. And this, this is definitely uh, that as well. Again, I think, again, they, there can be good drinking waltzes or something like that. And maybe I'm using that term too much, but there's something about this just seems fine. Like you'd hear it at the end of, you know, the night at a bar or something uh, like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. Like it's, it's, it's not bad. And yeah. that's why I agree with you. This is probably my least favorite on the album, but the wow. album overall is, is good. Okay. So this, we didn't talk about the, the opening track yet. It wasn't on either of our lists, uh, follow, but this song is number two. And is the first time you get to hear the twins really come right. in with Brandy. And I think that's that, a fair point. That feels really nice. I think Phil actually has some really nice bass work on this song. Um, I like when the music gets softer when they do another chorus and it's just the focus is on the vocals and they bring everything back again. It can become a cliche later in her, she does it a lot where she sort of, we talked about this Emotion City soundtrack too, as sort of like the last chorus, they'll just cut out the music and just the vocals. So she does that too, but I don't know, when it works, it works for me. Fair enough. I love the last chorus, her voice. I mean, alone is the last place I wanted to be. But also, time, time ticking on me. Alone is the last place. Yeah. I want it to be. Yeah, I just love that at the last chorus, she goes up an octave. It's more powerful. It's more emotive. Yeah. I think it's a great song. I can't, I don't know. I like love I love listening to this song. I never get bored of it. It's, it's yeah, great. I heard you singing along to it yesterday. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've been singing along to a lot. Okay, so your number three, um, which I did not include, this is the one that was fighting for number five for me, was Closer to You. So this is actually the first song because I was I started obviously a few months ago when I was listening to the entire discography. I started listening chronologically, and this is the third song on her first album, of course. Uh, and this is really the first time I was like, "Ooh, okay, there's something to her. There's something to the band. I'm, I'm really liking this." It just starts off with this acoustic lick that it's so pretty. It's so it is. airy. Yeah. I don't know. Something about it is very wispy and like, yeah. And again, there's something again, like I've heard a thousand acoustic licks in my <laughs> lifetime and there was something already unique about that one that I really liked. It's got this propulsive train beat. I don't know if you ever heard that. Drum shuffle. Yeah, totally. Get that, which I always love. That's just such a classic folk thing. And I've always been a fan of it. The best part of this is definitely the B section slash chorus. Right. Oh, my mind wanders through all that I've been hiding from. That's just a great melody. I love the the bass in that. It, like, yeah, it goes up in the nice. first one, and in the second chorus, it kind of goes down yeah. in that. He's good at that. He's good at those ascending, yes. descending riffs sort of in a chorus that definitely. make it special. So we talked about how... Well, we didn't. We still haven't talked about the first song, "Follow," but it's sort of like this rockier, heavier song. The second song is "What Can I Say?" This sort of pretty three-part harmony. This is the first time she sounds country to me. So you yes. get this one-two-three punch of sort of different sounds yep. of the band. I love that there's truly this country kind of troubadour. It's a road trip song. I mean, obviously in the lyrics, you know, right. miles pass me by, yellow lines that blind together in my eyes. But also it's got that shuffle. It's got that train, like you said. Yes. So I love, it feels like a road song or a train song 100%. or something like that. And it's all, she's just trying to get closer, closer to you. And it's, <laughs> and it's a, it's a, I don't know. I like that sentiment and I don't really have much more to say about this. That, that B section really, there was something about that. I love the, I love the grand. harmonies on it. Yeah. No, she's very good. Like 
songwriting wise, even if some of these songs I don't feel like are the most unique. When you she say that, knows, you, you're talking more about the chord structures and the general. Yeah, like some of the stuff just does sound classic folky and uh-huh. whatnot. But she still is good at like that whole down is like a great way of joining that B section back to the verse. And right. Just like it's, I'm appreciative of that kind of stuff. I like uh, how the end of this song, they bring that beautiful finger-picked acoustic in one yes. last time, and then a final strum. The acoustic guitar sounds so nice here. The production yeah. is is great. You can really hear the guitar breathe, and I really appreciate that about the mix here. Okay, from there, let's go into my number two, your number four, Throw It All Away. So I don't really know what this song is about at all, but it just sounds angry and dark and heavy and I dig it. I really love the grit in her voice here, right? Like I said, we've we've heard a little bit of the rock, we've heard the country, we've heard the folksy yep. uh, pretty, and now it's just, it's like you hear this grit in her yeah. voice. Like I said earlier, I love that mix of electric and acoustic guitar. This is very one, very much one of those songs that feels of its time. A hundred percent. This and Fall Apart Again are the two main, yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. 2000s chick rock, chick I fucking rock. love it. Yeah. Talk about Radiohead. Did you hear this one? This verse sounds so much like creep. Not hit, not the vocals. Literally, the sound of like the guitar, the oh, beat that's playing. The strum, yeah, the strum it's so, thing. It's so oh, creep. Yeah, like almost to the point of like mm, you ripping that off a little. Well, bit. What's interesting is Radiohead or Radiohead's management just sued Lana Del Rey for a song oh, that, that one, sounded very I mean, much one, like I know, creep. I've been hearing that for a while. Um, I wonder if they <laughs> something similar to Brandy. Um, Brandy, I don't think was as big as the, at the time, but. Uh, I mean, the main attraction here is that chorus, right? It is huge. It is heavy. You can hear her voice kind of straining yeah. deep as the And again, this is the fourth song, and you you haven't heard her get that, you know, crackly and rocky yet. So again, it's like one, two, three, four, all different yeah, sounds. I love it. But yeah. I still think it works because the production oh, is, so, 100%. is so tight. Um, and again, I, think, I think this is good as a debut album to show what she can do. To showcase all these things. Even on this one chorus though, right? We just talked about deep and all I know. But then she ends it with no way. She ends that really heaviness with one of her prettiest falsetto. falsetto. It's it's beautiful. You get such a taste of her vocal range and power and control and versatility. This is a perfect song to showcase that. What's funny is that we keep going back to Follow, which we still haven't talked about yet. (laughs) But in Follow the first song on the album, she, I'm saying this is a good thing and the bad thing. She writes melodies that work very well with the chords. Like, follow is follow your heart and go where it might take Thank you. You mean she follows the changing chords? Exactly, no pun intended. And with this one, it's she does the same thing again. It's, when no 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 It's like- I like how many notes are in the verse, by the way. There's something I don't love about how plotty it is, <laughs> okay. about how just like, uh, eh, 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 eh. But still, that chorus 
put it where it was yeah. for me. That's throw it all away. And she's just, and then uh, the, and harmonies the harmonies from yes. the twins. The it just, it soars. It's such a soaring chorus. And then at the end, she goes, away, yeah. away. Oh, I love that. I actually, huge. that's in yeah. the bridge and it goes over the chords of the verse at that last way. It's great. It's awesome. And her very last away. That was beautiful. And that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> right. The only thing I'll say about that is Uh-oh. that what I hate is that I wish, and this happens a lot in her early songs. It would have been so nice to end that song on just the way. But then she like hits the tonic note, the chord, you know, like just the boom, this yeah. is the end of the song. Which she doesn't always do. She well, doesn't. But sometimes she doesn't end it on the dominant, Sometimes, which is nice. but that happens later, I think. Okay. In the earlier <laughs> albums, she's like, I don't know. She's still like, eh, we're still here, guys. I don't, I don't know. I well, don't I mean, know these is. are her first songs. I mean- you know, these are maybe her songs that she's had kicking around for 10 years. For sure. But her first foray into a real record yeah. before she's sort of exploring different songwriting techniques or, or the three of them, right? Not just her. Right. Because all through this album, Brandy's doing one, Brandy and Tim, Tim, Phil. I mean, they all each have um, their songs. Yeah. There's a simplicity to it, but it rocks fucking hard. This has always been a favorite of mine. I remember this, because like I said, I started with Give Up the Ghost and yeah. I went backwards. I actually think I may have... No, no, I did story next and then, but I immediately was like, oh my God, this chorus is huge. Yeah. I love it. Especially because Give Up the Ghost is more rocky than the story. So, cause I'm going backwards right. in time when I mm-hmm. got into her. So I went from this, you know, I mean, Give Up the Ghost, we'll talk about has mix of heaviness yes. and, and delicate beauty, but then going backwards to the story, there's only a couple rockers and way more folkiness. And so going to the first album was refreshing to hear. Yes, a lot more. Yeah. Uh, the one lyric I, I picked out, I don't know why I like it, but it's this love branches out like an oak tree. Yeah. I really like that. It's just a good way of saying it. She also is indebted to that world of folk troubadours where they're always talking about like nature yes. and being on the road. Mm. And I dig it. Yeah, I, I really, it, it, you know, even if she doesn't have the best metaphors or the best, most interesting lyrics, even putting sort of those floral yes. touches on her lyrics right. makes it feel folkier, folksier, makes it feel more outdoors, like an yes. outdoorsy record, mm-hmm. which I really Absolutely. like. Okay, from there, let's go into uh, my number five song, which was your number two, the closing song, Tragedy. song really showcases her as a singer-songwriter. I'm fairly certain, I don't know if this is true, because obviously Tim plays guitar as well. I'm fairly certain this is her on guitar. Let's just say it is. Yeah, and her this on guitar, one she wrote her, solo. We yeah. haven't really been talking each song, who wrote what, who writes what, but this one is clearly right. just her. And there are harmonies that come in, and it's her. Yeah, you know, what's interesting is there are a lot of times, even on later albums, where I'm like, why are they still doing, like, why are you underutilizing the twins? Like there are times where, where she will do her own harmony. I'm yeah. kind of like, why do that? Honestly, but there, uh, listen. I, I think it's a sound choice sometimes to get her her timbre of her voice yes. on top of itself. And again, we talked about how they sort of do everything equally. I'm sure no decision is made without their consent. Like I'm sure that yeah, they, they, maybe they probably, tried it out and, and they were like, you know that, what, this or maybe they were good. like, actually, it's very possible. They were like, no, we wouldn't sound good. You sound better. On yeah, that. So yeah, like, yeah. Go ahead and do it. But 
this is a great breakup song. Yeah. And I only started reading the lyrics sort of recently. Um, but from the lyrics to literally just the sound, it's really the first dark and brooding song I think that she's done. You what? don't think so? Dark and brooding, fall apart again. Fall apart doesn't seem there's some there's a lightness to it. There's the something world doesn't about, understand me. That's lyr- that's lyrical. I'm talking okay, more sound wise. It's just her sort of soft in a guitar, and it's very minor. And there's something. And very, the way her vo- her vocals start, it's kind of very insular. Sorry, only. So talk human. about Radiohead. This song sounds so much to me like Sweet Spirit. Do you know that? Oh, sorry, Street Spirit, excuse me. The closing song Fade on the out. Benz. Is yeah. that? Go. Yes. Fade out again. That's interesting. Yeah. I, didn't, I actually I don't didn't even hear know that. If, I don't even know if it's the melodies that are the same or the chords are the same. Something about it just from, maybe it's the fact that they're closing, they're the two closers. It just feels yeah. like Sweet Spirit to me, not in a plagiaristic way at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really have that Radiohead touchdown. And her voice is once again, very Tom York in the way she's bending. Mm-hmm. Which by the way, we haven't got to. <laughs> the chorus. That, the chorus is so gorgeous. Yeah, it's heart-wrenching. It's, it's, it is heart-wrenching. That's exactly the word. Um, oh man. And, and each, I like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like on the second part of the chorus where when the second vocal comes in, it's like a beat off intentionally. Yes. When, when you need a friend. <laughs> I love when you try to do it yourself. And, uh, but I also, I love that the first chorus is her, she like kind of breaks into her falsetto. And then the second one. She does that one, a lot. Sometimes well, it sounds like a yodel. Yes, yeah. she does, which I love. Yeah, me too. Again, going back to her sort of country folk roots. Yeah. But I love in the second one, she's just, when you, she just kind of belts it that yeah. second time. And in the second verse, the harmony comes in right away. And it's like, it just kind of comes out of the gate. They're just like strumming and they're together. Progress. Like that whole. I love that harmony right yeah. there. Maybe that's the sweet spirit. Uh, sweet spirit. I keep calling it sweet spirit. Street <laughs> spirit part. Uh, there's a really, you know, on the debut album, it's just 10 songs, which I really like. We'll get to, I think some of her later albums are too long. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is nice and taut, 10 songs. But on the uh, on the album, they sort of add two bonus tracks. And one of them is, I think, a great version of this song with cello instead of acoustic guitar. I actually always preferred this preferred, version. Oh, definitely. this version. Yes. I think I like both for different reasons. The cello version makes it feel more uh, cinematic. When it starts doing the dun, 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 that yeah. sort of choppiness, and then it swells. Either way, I like how it's just Brandy, even if it's Brandy and a, and a dub of herself yeah. and one instrument. It is this very intimate closer, which I really, I yes. really love. I love the melody of, uh, but it's so hard not to save in like the mini bridge or whatever voice. it is. Gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you, Jashi. Uh, yeah. There's something about this song that really, I was just like, this is something special. Yeah. And that's why it was number two for me. I was really like, it also kind of reminded me of More Than Words. You know, Ooh, by, extreme. by Extreme? Yeah. Um, again, I don't know. Maybe it's just da, a... Da, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. There's sort of a lot of bends and harmonies and sort of yeah. twists around Like the itself. more I think about it, I'm like, they're not really that similar. They're just kind of acoustic <laughs> numbers, but there's the something about it. Beautiful acoustic numbers with great harmonies that feel special. This does feel like a special song. Yeah. And talk about special songs... I'm so happy, and now I'm wishing I had put it higher, uh, your number one song on this album and my number three was Gone, and Gone comes right before it. 
So Gone and uh, Tragedy close this album with two of their two of their strongest, most beautiful songs. Let's listen to Gone. Gone, gone like the evening sun. The sun when it sets. Gone, gone like the darkness dawn. And then they forget. Ooh. I love this song. I love this song. It just hits me sometimes. Like, I think I'll be able to articulate why, but even if I couldn't, it doesn't matter. There's just something about the song that gets to me. It it reminds me of a fall day. I don't know. I just, from the from beginning to end, I love that. I, I do know. I, I, Tell, I, me. I feel... Tell me why I like it. <laughs> First of all, the lyrics are about this sort of wistful passage of time yeah. and mortality. And this, the, I think what's so key is the brushes on the snare yeah. give it this such this, this warm quality. The verses are kind of simple, but when the chorus comes in, it is it is just one of those musical moments. It is. That is if, you, if you will allow me, because I even like the verses and the chorus, oh, the chorus me. is absolutely the best part. So I just like to save the best for last. Um... <laughs> As you know, as listeners might know, one of my favorite things in music is like repeated guitar notes over different chords or like guitar licks. Even something just the over the different chords. Yes. And I really like her verse melody. It's very simple, but especially when it's the time is a trap. She kind of changes it a little bit there. And her voice on this. Yes, her voice on this song is so, again, I, I kind of wanted to make a list of all the different sounds that she can make with her mm. voice because she's got such a folky sound. She can belt the shit out of it. She can sound so soft and and like, not raspy, but I don't know, singer songwriting in such a great way. And she just sounds so beautiful on this track. It just makes me happy. Um, there's also Phil's bass walking. Yes, boom, 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 yes. Boom. And the chord, like literally the way the chords fall, I can't exactly like repeat it right now, but... It's so sparse and so beautiful. You can hear every part so del. It's so delicate and so sad and so pretty. And yeah, when that chorus comes in, my my heart just swells. It is. It's so special. The bridge feels a little out of place. It did at first but for me. I love it still. It was such a great contrast. I think to the rest of the song. Um, it builds and builds yeah, and builds. Yeah, it's so ominous builds. sounding. Yeah. And then releases into a beautiful. Do, 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 do. Those do, 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 do's. Like sometimes that can be stupid, but this to me just feels like like hopping along in because the Because that shuffle keeps going with that snake, with the brushes. These are some of the best harmonies, I think, of, of all of her music. I actually, and it's, it's just one of the hands are offs. I don't know which one it is. Because it's just one it of looks, them. When we're watching live videos, when it's just one of them, it usually looks like Tim doing it okay. with the guitar. And Phil usually has the higher ones, the higher, I guess, exactly. I think. But yeah, this chorus. It's it's both beautiful and dark. Like it feels dark somehow in that in that harmony. I don't know what it is. My favorite note of anything she's ever done is Sun, sun. Yeah, that, those that those bend. bends yeah. and that melody is just sun when it sets. And then at dawn, the chords kind of change. Ooh. Can, yeah, can we talk about 
how they change the chords that one last time. Yes, we can talk about <sighs> that. I'm just like, this song keeps on giving. Yeah. I love it. I'm so glad you put that at number one. I could have been my number two. Yeah. We should have saved that for last. Um, but my number one, which you didn't include at all, uh, was the song Happy. So happy is this gorgeous, beautiful, missing someone song. I, I just think the guitar rift is so pretty. It's got another nice snare shuffle. Um, it's so gentle, but she has such a powerful voice. The guitar riff keeps going. I, I'm so impressed. I can't believe this wasn't on your list. In the, the post-chorus, where the guitar keeps going and then the drum changes a little bit. And it, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There's something about the chorus that doesn't do it for me. I don't know why. That's beautiful. And that yeah. also sounded really good. Uh, I love her picked part. That yeah. I think is really nice. I think the acoustic guitar is gorgeous and dynamic and kinetic. And like I said, the sort of the descending see. It's got this nice drop to it and then right back into that shuffle. It's so soft, so warm. I'm addicted to those harmonies. There's a nice, very tasteful electric guitar solo, which there aren't that many yes. of in her career. It's very simple, but very effective. The bridge is killer, even though it's really short. Um, and then one last time with that riff and then it keeps going. It goes another time. I think for me, this has an, a recency effect a little bit that... I didn't really know. It's, you said you thought I'd always know this. I like never picked oh, up on this song. Oh, I was completely wrong. No, it was always throw it all away and uh, closer to you and and um, what have you. Even with tragedy on the album, for some reason, this really seems like the like her main singer songwriter song on this album. There's, I don't know. Do you agree with that at all? There's something about it that just seems very light and in its lightness and in I don't know in the way she's singing, it just sounds kind of like a. I don't really know what I'm saying about that. It just kind of like... I, I love the sparseness. Yeah. I think another thing, and maybe this is silly, but another thing that made this very special to me, um, I was talking about how I got into Brandy Carlisle with my friend Natalie, who introduced me. Um, I was listening to this song in the car recently, this song, and all of a sudden I get a call from Natalie and she calls me to tell me that she's engaged. And it, maybe it that's was, what I'm thinking of. Because <laughs> I, I, cool, I know that Natalie is related to you first getting into Brandy. So you, you must have said something about her. Oh my I was God. Like, oh, it was so special. I was listening song. to Happy and like falling in love with this song. And then the person who got me into this artist That's calls me to was. tell yeah, me yeah, that yeah. she's getting engaged. It was this beautiful moment that I'm never going to forget. Yep. Maybe that put it over the top for me. Um, I love Happy. It's it's beautiful. It's happy. It's hopeful, even though it's missing someone. I find the guitar so wistful and beautiful. The harmonies always, yeah, I, I truly love it. Makes me happy. All right, so that was our top five for Brandy Carlisle's uh, debut album, self-titled. Let's quickly go through the songs we didn't pick. We've alluded to time and time again, the first song, Follow. Let's finally talk about it. Yeah, um, again, this is when I really first heard the Radiohead thing. And it was more in 
the chords that she was using. Really? For me, it's the bendiness of her voice. Follow. It was the remind me of who I used to be. But yeah. a memory. Yeah. That part. Yeah. That is so, so Radiohead. Early Radiohead. Yeah. It's very much a self-empowerment anthem. Follow your heart. Don't let the haters get you down. Yeah. I kind of dig it. It's a little yeah. cheesy, but uh, the chorus just like um, Throw It All Away is huge. Feel the rain coming down. And then when they do it with the strings chopping. Yeah, well, they also start off with it just on like the low tom and then mm. it comes to the cymbals. And I like that she never finishes the lyric until the very end of the song. It's always, they never felt your hell. And I guess that they only sings at the beginning, but then at the end it's, don't ever let them crack your shell. There's something about that I also really like yeah. as a lyric. Um, and to, again, for the first song on her debut album, you, you know who this girl is. Like she, she's got a voice. She's it's got, crazy. Yeah. Huge voice and a huge chorus. And when the harmonies come in to sort of back her up, it just, it just feels right. It's like, wow, they really did find themselves yep. in this song. I love it. It's, it's a little repetitive. I would say this is why yes. I think neither of us picked it. Yes. Well, that's the chorus comes in like, I don't know, three or four times. Yeah. Like it, it might've be just three, but at that it time I remember I was bit. like, I'm, I'm done. I'm like, we're yeah. good. Let's move on. It's a good song. Not a great song. Yeah. Um, but I still think a good opener. Mm -hmm. We already talked about what can I say and closer to you and throw it all away and happy. So the first song uh, since then we didn't talk about was Someday Never Comes. Yeah, this song is fine. I think <laughs> this, song is, uh... this song is good. I love the melody on I've got no reason to stay here. It's the best part. So Another pretty. Tom Yorkian sort of bend in that. I love anytime the cello comes in, sort of accents it. It's very nice. Yeah. And then this one ends the same as Throw It Away, where I, I wish that it didn't go to the tonic chord, but alas, it did. From there, we already talked about Fall Apart Again and in, uh, no, and then right into In My Own Eyes, the last song we'll talk about. Uh, another sort of sort of self-hatred kind of angsty yeah, song. Which I always love. I like the warbly kind of cool guitar sound. It's like this that slow like jam. Flanger or something on it. Nice word, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I really like this song. It was very difficult for me to choose between this one really? and Fall Apart Again. It's, I think <laughs> it's beautiful, but it's kind of a slog. It's a beautiful slog. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. <laughs> I think I like the harmonies. I like the well with Yes. Well, first of all, that's, I love that. I really, that was what was going to put this at number yeah. six or number five, rather. This is at number six. Um, just the way the bass sort of creeps up in the verses as soon as like you just hear the riff for the first time and then doom, doom, doom. And I can hear him sound on me. I don't know. I really like her vocals on this and I love that chorus. Me. Best part when she changes yeah. it up once again at the end yeah. at higher octave. Yeah, uh, that's it. The bridge is kind of dreary. It is the bridge. I, I'm not the bridge into this is bridge. probably also what sort of kept this off. Because yeah. again, I think fall apart is more not succinct. It's not really short, but just everything is like feels more feels more in place. Yes, compact and like it, it fits in the song. I think this bridge didn't, but. Overall, yeah. super solid first album. Yes. I really like this. I can listen to it straight through. Again, like I said, there's no song I really don't like listening to, Definitely. even if I've favored others. Definitely feels like a timepiece uh, sonically. Yeah. Very much mid-2000s uh, female-fronted rock with a hint of folk lime. And again, <laughs> these are the songs that Rick Rubin, producer extraordinaire, and with the uh, uh, agreement of the twins and Brandy, felt like these were not their strongest songs. Yeah. They, they purposely saved this for the first album and took the rest to bring into the story, the second breakthrough album, which we'll be talking about next.
Thanks for listening to Top 5 Disco, part one in our in-depth discussion, dissection, debate, and analysis of Brandy Carlisle's entire discography. Now that we've discussed the band's early history and their self-titled debut album, tune in next week where we explore their sophomore album and breakthrough moment, The Story. But before we do that, we want to know your thoughts, your opinions, and your personal top fives for Brandy Carlisle. What are your top five favorite songs in the debut album and why? Have you ever heard of this band at all before the podcast? Reach out and let us know. You can support us and help Top 5 Disco grow simply by subscribing to this podcast so you can get the new episodes as soon as they come out. It takes just a second to hit that little button. And you can find and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and now Instagram for behind-the-scenes goodies and an easy way to connect. Also, don't forget to tell your music-loving friends and family all about us. Thank you so much again for listening. Tune in next time. And remember, it's really all disco.